Welcome into the Waiver Fire podcast. Nick and JP are back. Sorry we missed that week. I had my brother's wedding. And then my brother and I actually did a little bonus pod where we talked Watchmen. But JP and I I are back to talk fantasy football. How's it going, man? It's going great. There's nothing more exciting than draft week. It was a, it was really fun. There were, it started off like huge fireworks. I mean, the quarterbacks, of course, and then wide receivers and man, it was a fun first round and it kind of died down after that, but, but it was still very exciting. I, uh, I didn't really, usually, you know, I get some wings and some chips this year, you know, coming off the wedding, I was just like, I was a little toast. I think I just had water during the draft, but it was still exciting. Um, we're going to definitely dive in. I first want to just just give my condolences to, to Seth Williams from Auburn, man. I, I kept looking for his name. I couldn't believe he hadn't been drafted yet. Sixth round. People were talking about him as a third rounder, maybe a fourth rounder. Sixth rounder to the Denver Broncos. It's going to be a very uphill battle from here, man. It's sad. Yeah, it will be if he's going to be a, a real NFL boy. Yeah, it seems maybe he's destined like our other guys to to go to the Canadian League or – oh, man, it's tough. But uh, Anthony Schwartz, third round. Speed. Wow. Browns. He gets to play – and learn from Odell Beckham and Jarvis. And I mean, there's so many, my, he gets to play with Miles Garrett and Baker. I mean, it's such, he's got a, he's got a really cool situation and his athletic profile will allow him to get a chance to get on the field. I don't think he's going to be really fantasy relevant. Like he might have one or two weeks where he catches like a 50 yard touchdown, but um Still exciting to see to see one of the Auburn pieces go that high up. But let's let's dive into um, the more relevant pieces. First off, I guess uh, did you know we can I, I kind of listed out winners and losers from running back, wide receiver, quarterback, etc. But just from a draft perspective, was there one or two picks where you were like, oh? Oh, it kind of surprised in either a good way or bad way, or just kind of stood out to you. Yeah. I kind of knew that a big skill position player was going to go to the Bengals, but Jamar chase, he, he, he really puts the status of both of those pass catchers up in the air at this point. Like we, you don't even know what to do with those guys or even in relation to chase himself. I mean, let's just start there because, I mean, we we can work out of order, but I think you were a little bit more bullish on T. Higgins than I was. I I was starting to kind of lean towards it. You had kind of swayed me. And then, man, you know, if they had gone offensive linemen, I probably would have just been super all in. And now it just muddies the water so much. Um, I guess I really took Tyler Boyd and, and kind of, hit him pretty hard. I think he, I mean, he went, he, he dropped precipitously for me. Um, 
And I, I really just moved uh, T Higgins, maybe, you know, three or four spots or so. Nothing, nothing too bad. Um, but it hurts, man. It really does hurt. Yeah. It, it, I just, I don't know which one needs to take the biggest hit because Boyd is like a very specific player. Mm-hmm. Like, there's very few players in the NFL that play specifically in the slot and are like fantasy viable players. And he's on that short list. True. People. So like, you know, he serves a purpose, but I mean, I don't see him as being more than a flex. Yeah, I agree. I've got Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 38. So he's a bench rider until, Maybe he starts to gain some traction or or really just asserts himself as maybe that offensive line is so bad that he needs um, Joe Burrow needs that quick outlet and he becomes that. I'm not I'm certainly not afraid of moving him, you know, uh, throughout the season and, and trying to maybe trade for target or whatever, but uh, probably won't be able to get him uh, in the draft where I've got him now. But that's a tough one. I mean, it's a flashy pick, but it's just kind of one of those upsetting picks, you know, if. Jamar had gone to something where they really needed a two. It would just be so exciting. Um, man. Yeah, that was, that was a surprising one. I was equally shocked in the first round when the Giants took Kadarius Tony, who I guess, honestly, I was not aware of going into the draft. I had heard so many more names go before him. And, man, that's another incredibly murky situation where it felt like there were many other needs than wide receiver. They just had Galladay and there was still a slew of Shepard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is, that's so weird. Really felt weird. I mean, he must, they must be very excited to, to go that deep, but um, yeah, definitely some surprises. Um, I was just going to start on some of the um, running backs that in my rankings, uh, pre-draft to post-draft, either bump way up or way down. Um, and obviously the first one who, who did not have a ranking beforehand, Najee Harris running back in the first round, first running back off the board goes to the Steelers. Like most people projected. I've, I've seen people and heard people talking about, you know, top of the second round, middle of the second round. I'm a little bit more tempered on it myself. I've got him currently at running back 18 that, uh, that slots him in right ahead of, well, I don't want to spoil that, but right behind Miles Sanders and Deandre Swift, I kind of see him in that tier. I don't really see him in the Clyde, um, Joe Mixon, Cam Akers tier. How are you, how are you feeling about Najee? Got him at 19. 19 that feels about right man I mean the offensive line is still really bad um the you know unproven talent I've got Miles Gaskin right ahead of him at Miles Gaskin what a huge winner um to jump ship a little bit Miles Gaskin no running back drafted Miami really focused on defensive and I think they picked up a wide receiver in the first round. Yes, the number six pick, Waddle. Yeah, Waddle went there. So really yeah. frees things up. I mean, it's really him battling Salvin Ahmed at the t- right now. Um, 
I think he's got a clear shot. And with that defense, and he he showed really good flashes last year. I think he got injured, so maybe that hurts him a little bit. But I told you. He was a beast of a DFS player last year. Yeah, he, he's shine. When he was on, you know, the starting roster or whatever, when he played that day, he was very good. They did get Malcolm Brown, but I don't really see that pushing for, for touches. Um, something definitely to keep your eye on in the offs. I mean, in the preseason, but um, I've got Gaskin at 22. So I guess the upside of Najee is still just more tempting to me as a, as an RB two. I honestly don't think we're going to get him there. I think the hype is going to be a little stronger than that, but um, you know, Pittsburgh also exceptional defense. So he shouldn't be game scripted out too much. Um, Yeah. I think we see him very similarly. So that's a, I don't see that. I don't see us getting him, but it'll be interesting to see how, how high the hype gets. Um, Similarly to miles Gaskin, Mike Davis of the Falcons survived so far. No running backs taken in the draft. None were traded for. It's Cordero Patterson behind him right now. And Mike Davis, I know he kind of came out of nowhere, but when he had the job at Carolina, I mean, it was sexy. It was like a top six fantasy running back. Um, For a little while, and it tapered uh, off. It it tapered off. You're right. You're right. But huge upside. you know, Matt Ryan can definitely get the ball to the running back. And, and I'm kind of excited, man. I mean, I've got him right now at 19. So right there in the hunt with uh, Gaskin and Najee in that same tier. Do I expect it to last till the season? I don't know. I mean, there's honestly not a lot of running backs, free agents out there that that would scare at this point. So I'm kind of excited about Mike Davis. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to – I didn't really know what to think about him. I didn't I didn't rank him. Um, I, think, I but, think he's going to be a player that goes a little lower than that, so I'm kind of seeing him as a little bit of a value right now. Yeah, I, I, I really do like Cordero Patterson. Uh-oh. I think he's <laughs> a really awesome player, like – He's such a utility player. They can make him into whatever they want. That's true. He is more gadgety for sure. And if, if they do more sweeps, um, he is a more utility player. But I think I think Mike Davis will win, you know, most of the first and second down work. And, and he's a competent pass catcher. So I'm leaning more on the Mike Davis being one of those 60, 65 percent of the snap guys. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm really just out on both of them. I'm just so unsure. I feel that. I think the offense is just going to be so potent with Julio, Calvin, and now they get Kyle Pitts as a tight end, um, which, you know, tight ends, they typically don't flash in the first year, but they still have um, Hayden Hurst, who, you know, mixed bag, but still lots of weapons in the offense. They should be moving down the field a lot. I think Mixed gonna- bag. That should be like a drop for whenever we talk about Hayden. <laughs> he is, but he can catch the ball. And I think, um, I think Mike Davis is going to see a lot of goal line opportunities. I could see him push double digit touchdowns this year on the ground, maybe a couple in the air as well. So excited for him. Excited. It could happen. Um, 
David Johnson was a similar survivor. I mean, they had picked up Phil Lindsay and Mark Ingram. Um, so it's, it is a murky situation, but at least they didn't add anybody else in the draft. So it is kind of a three-headed monster, but I think David Johnson, I mean, the way that he was catching passes towards the end of the year, um, again, we know the situation with Sean Watson is very ridiculous and awful and, and he might not play at all, but if he does, he shouldn't play. No, he shouldn't play. But if he does, David Johnson could easily get six, seven targets a game. So with that defense just being so, so ridiculously bad. So he he is a winner for me. Um, He's currently my RB 25. So a fine, uh, a very solid flex, a decent, you know, back end RB two, if you wait a long time, pretty excited. Yeah. I, I ranked him, but I didn't rank the other two cooks and Watson. I just, I I don't understand. I don't see how this is going to happen. Yeah, I feel that. My, I agree. I should probably unrank both of those guys. Uh, Brandon Cooks, maybe not unrank because he still is the clear one, even if it's a bad quarterback. Maybe push him down into like the 30s or so. But yeah, I think no matter what, I've got David Johnson at 29, and mm-hmm. whoever's the quarterback there, I mean, he's at least worth that. I agree. I would agree with that. Uh, Chase Edmonds, man. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, he, he is a survivor. They added James Connor before the draft. So <sighs> I'm getting more and more scared that it may not be the Chase Edmonds show, but, um, you know, all of the depth charts show him as the RB one. So I've still got him as my RB 23. Obviously if Connor wasn't there, he'd be more like, I don't know, 14, something like that. So it hurts that Connor's there, but I'm still excited. I still have him as a back-end RB2 and just excited that they didn't add any RBs in the draft. Um, any other running backs on your end that you felt like were big winners um, hmm. from teams not drafting? I, I guess you might have wondered about – I guess Damian Harris was a guy from New England that I I have moved up because it really is him and uh, what was that first rounder they had Sony Michelle and Sony Michelle has just proven not to be the guy so Damian Harris I think is a winner and I think I think could be uh, you know some value I have him at twenty seven right now so somebody that I think people are just completely off of but. With that, with the defense being so much, hopefully going to be so much better this year for New England, um, Cam probably going to start the first few games at least with Mac Jones uh, maybe being pulled on later in the season. I think Damian Harris is going to be nice, and I think he's a, a small winner from the draft. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. We can talk about – well, we'll, we'll save it. Let's, let's – um, let's talk losers from the running back position. And there's obviously no bigger loser than your boy, man, James Robinson. He's got to take a big hit. Golly, man. He had, he had, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming in. That defense is getting stronger. He just had to survive. He couldn't even make it past their first round. Travis Etienne comes in as a first round pick. Urban Meyer comes out and basically says ETN's going to be their pass catcher, which is 
kind of ridiculous in my opinion, I guess, because first off, if there's one thing that's the most challenging for a rookie running back, it's pass blocking and learning the route tree. And so Ferb and Meyer expect a first round rookie to come in and be that lead third down back. That's, that's ambitious. And also I don't think the fans want to see somebody or their team use a first rounder on a third down pass catching specialist. So I am unsure what to think if that really bears out and James Robinson still keeps the first and second down work and maybe even goal line work. There's still value there, but I just, I just can't buy it at least maybe to start the season, maybe the first six, seven weeks or so. But then after that, it's, it's likely going to be the ETN show, right? I mean, how, how do you see it playing out? Um, I don't know. I, I've got, I've got both of the guys in that area where it's just like you're rolling the dice for touchdowns and stuff like that. Um, Kareem Hunt is in the area. Josh Jacobs is in the area. They're all just kind of hanging out on the corner somewhere with Kenyon Drake. And they're just wondering when they're going to get a touchdown. That's where they're hanging out. Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I'm a little less bullish than those. I mean, I would take almost all those players over them just because we don't know how that offense is going to be with Trevor Lawrence. And then even when they get to the goal line, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a huge guy. He could easily vulture those touchdowns. So I'm, I'm a little scared. I, I'm probably just going to be all hands off on that. I think ETN is going to probably project a little higher. I think people are going to want to get that rookie upside and it could pop. I mean, he could easily be their three down workhorse, but um, I'm going to be pretty hands off on it. Um, another loser, which I was really bummed at, man, I, I have been talking up Melvin Gordon as a big value. And then they do their second round pick a high second round. I mean, one of the first five picks of the second round on Javante Williams I mean, I know they lost Philip Lindsay, but man, a second rounder is going to push Melvin Gordon for that job. Um, yeah. If not at the beginning, at least partway through the season, I guess I'm kind of hoping that it's like an A.J. Dillon situation where he, the, the, real, the vet is able to hold off. So I didn't move Melvin too much. Um, he's still my RB24 um, I'm trying I, I've to still got him at 23 right here, so wow. yeah, I feel the same way. I'm still okay about it, but but it hurts. And like he was my RB 20, so I just moved him three spots, uh, four spots. But man, I think if any, I guess if anything, maybe this scares his draft stock. So so maybe he's still a value. And, and honestly, if you for me. I would prefer the running back that at least starts as the one, you know, like projecting when JK Dobbins was going to take over from Melvin Ingram, uh, Mark Ingram was, was pretty brutal. You had to hold on to him for a long time throughout the season. So I don't mind starting with Melvin Gordon. And then once you see that timeshare uh, slip, or of course an injury happens, you know, you can move accordingly, maybe even drop him, you know, halfway through the year or whatever. But I think he'll start as at least a, a consistent RB2 and then probably taper off. But it was a big bummer. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see, any other running backs that were kind of losers? Those were the two that I had singled out. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of teams that we wanted to get offensive linemen did, like um, Kansas City has really bolstered their offensive line, which has um, really got me excited about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So that's a winner in my book. I mean, he's the clear one, and that line should be really strong, and that defense is is very good as well. So I'm Patrick Mahomes is obviously amazing, and Kelsey and Tyreek are absurd, but I, I want to say that they might not have to do as much this year. I think they might win pretty handedly, and I think Clyde's going to do better at the goal line. So I think he's a winner. Uh, Miles Sanders was a bit of a loser. I think they drafted a fourth round running back. So not somebody that should push him out of his touches too much or, of course, scare for the starting job. But I guess I was already a little bit down on Sanders because of the offensive line being so heinous. Um, but he's a little bit of a loser, you know, just getting a, a fourth rounder. Um. Gibson, Antonio Gibson was a winner. They didn't draft anybody. They, they just bolstered the defense, which is just going to be an absolute beast of a defense. So he's a winner. I mean, he's my RB11, so I definitely see him as a wider uh, running back one. Um, yeah, I guess that's it from the, uh, the running back situation. I think San Francisco drafted – I think they drafted two running backs, so – that situation was already a little bit murky between Mostert and um, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. And so now you had a couple more backs. Mostert projects to be the starter, and man, if he is the starter, it should be really sexy. But I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit more hesitant than I thought I would be. Mm. All right, let's get into the wide receivers. I really just have a couple winners, you know, wide receivers. It's tough to make a flash because um, in a way you want the team's defense to get worse and you want the offensive line to, I mean, a better offensive line helps wide receivers, but it more helps the running back. So it's kind of weird to have winners and losers from a, a wide receiver position, but for winners, I guess uh, John Brown <laughs> of the Raiders was a winner. They did not draft a wide receiver and they bolstered to the O-line. Um, I mean, he's the one right now. I mean, there's Henry Ruggs, but man, Ruggs looked, he looked really bad last year. So can he develop into that sophomore year and, and emerge? Sure. But, but John Brown has actually showed NFL uh, skill set, and their defense is pretty rough. So I could see John Brown being kind of a sneaky little flex play um, that I wouldn't mind having. I like that. And a similar, almost almost identical in some ways, uh, Nelson Aguilar. Um, you know, the Patriots drafted Mac Jones. That if that uh, if Mac Jones takes over as a more pocket passer halfway through the season, or Cam's shoulder just proves to be done, and they make the swap very quickly. Nelson Aguilar could be nice. I mean, he showed skill last year, and there's really no other. I mean, Nikhil Harry, okay, whatever, maybe, but kind of excited by those little those little flyer um, wide receivers. Just to be the one on a team, regardless of how bad the team is, 
if you get, I don't know, eight to 10 targets a game, could be nice. Could be a nice little safe uh, flex play for both of them. Yeah. We already talked the Bengals wide uh, wide receiver losers. Tyler Boyd has dropped down to wide receiver 38 for me. That might be a little bit too brutal, but the situation's just so murky. And now, you know, they had a chance at an O-line, uh, O-lineman, and, and they didn't get that. So that line is, is kind of still in tatters, and Joe Burrow's knee is just, just so absurdly destroyed. He might not even start the year. It's pretty ugly there. So Tyler Boyd took a big hit. T. Higgins, a little bit of a hit for me. I was still got Tyler Boyd at 31. 31. That might be more appropriate, to be honest, because that defense is so bad. They will be passing a lot. And Jamar Chase, you know, even at what was it, fifth, fifth pick overall, he's a rookie. I mean, it takes a long time to learn route trees and, and emerge in NFL offenses unless you're Justin Jefferson and it only takes you three weeks. But, but still, I think um, – I think you might be more correct than I am. Maybe he has more of a, a decent little flex play each week. Um, Chris Godwin, just because of the Antonio Brown signing. I mean, when Antonio Brown was on the field, he was getting, I mean, he was almost getting the wide receiver one targets on that team. So that scares me off of Chris Godwin quite a bit. I think you had basically been like, you know, will not draft those players anyways, but uh I was a little excited if Antonio Brown didn't sign back, but they literally signed the entire starting team back, which is kind of awesome to see. Um, so Chris Godwin moves down to my wide receiver 20, still a decent wide receiver too, but somebody that I'm not, I'm not going to chase at the draft. Um, any other wide receivers that the, you think got affected? Like uh, Miami took Watt, Waddle at the sixth spot, but, but really, I wasn't in on Devontae Parker regardless, so it didn't – I guess I didn't really think about it too much. Um, a little bit in on okay. Devontae Parker, just hmm. a little bit. Um, Tua could definitely show more than what he did. Maybe maybe the coaching, you know, lets him open it up a little bit. He really just didn't get a chance last year. But that defense is just so good that – um, you know, I'm a little nervous that they won't be having to catch up, although they're in a decent division, you know, when they play the Bills, um, New England's going to be tough to, to play against. But, um, yeah, I could see them having a little bit more shootout than than uh, I initially thought. So maybe Devontae's a little sneakier than I, than I want to give him credit for. Um, trying to just quickly look at any other wide receivers that uh, – that I felt like moved from the draft. Um, I moved Amari Cooper up a bit, but I think that's just more, more just me settling in that he's probably going to be that wide receiver one and their defense is so bad. They did pick up a good linebacker in the draft. Um, So maybe it's a little bit better, but I mean, a, a rookie linebacker rarely shows too much. So. I did move him up a little bit. Um, yeah. How about quarterback? I mean, it's weird that quarterbacks would be too big of winners, but um, I did move Kirk Cousins up to the QB 13. I think that might have been more 
just you winning me over a little bit rather than their first round offensive lineman, which will help for sure. But uh, he moves up to quarterback 13 for me. Um, somebody that I guess I'm, I'm okay taking at the, at the very back end as, as my quarterback, but not somebody that I'm actively uh, targeting. I, I probably shouldn't have to take him if he's at 13. Yeah, I agree. Justin Herbert moves up. I mean, they've just made great. The Chargers had a really fantastic draft. Um, obviously, hitting on Herbert last year makes things a lot easier for them. But they took a first-round offensive lineman. He's going to be immediately impactful. That line looks so good. He should have plenty of time. And he's got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They even drafted a third-round wide receiver and a third-round tight end. Um, Jared Cook there, Austin Eckler. I mean, he doesn't do anything with his legs, which you want some sort of baseline with your legs, usually in fantasy. But, man, I could see a – you know, 35 plus touchdown, uh, passing touchdown season for him. Um, so he's my QB nine. I, I would be abs- absolutely fine going into the season with Justin Herbert. Um, let's see. What do I have him? I got him at seven. You've got him at seven. You're more excited. You take him. <laughs> I won't get him if you're in my league. Yeah, you have him at seven. Um, players that I have ahead that you don't, well, Deshaun Watson, that doesn't really count. So maybe he's more like my QB eight. Um, who would I take? I'm still a late round quarterback guy. I probably, you know. Yeah, Herbert, you're right. Herbert's probably projecting more in like the sixth, seventh round, um, not a ninth rounder. Um, so, you, like from your rankings, you would take Herbert over Hertz, Jalen Hertz. That's like our only difference. I would take Hertz over Herbert. Just the rushing is just going to be so insane. And Jalen Hertz picked up a wide receiver. Um, Devontae Smith, so uh, that helps. Um, the quarterbacks I'll be choosing from probably mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm drafting is going to be around like the Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Tannehill, Fitzpatrick, Roethlisberger, Jones type area because I'm really all about the bench depth on wide receiver and running back. Yeah, I love that tier as well. I'm uh, I'm hoping that somehow, yeah, I think those are going to be pretty freely available. I mean, those are the back end QBs from. And Stafford is pretty nice. Oh, Stafford's going to be juicy this year for sure. Um, I, I really like that as well. Cam Akers going to be catching so many balls. The pro, I mean, their defense is so good though that I, that makes me a little bit bullish. I'm kind of more excited on the Matt Ryan side of things, just all the weapons and a bad defense. I'm pretty excited about Matt Ryan as a late-end quarterback. Um, who else? Oh, we already talked Jalen Hurts. You mentioned Tannehill, but I kind of saw Tannehill as a loser in the draft. I mean, we knew going into the draft that it was really A.J. Brown and nothing, no tight end, and really, I mean, Josh Reynolds is their wide receiver too right now. That's a little yikes. Um, not really any pass catching running backs. I mean, Derrick Henry can do it, but man, there are just so few weapons. And, you know, they drafted a second round offensive lineman. That's nice. They did pick up a fourth round wide receiver. I can't remember the name, but I guess I was hoping that they would get one more flashy piece for Tannehill to throw to. I'm 
very likely not going to be picking him up this year. I've got him. Let's see. What, what do I have? Tannehill. You got him at fourteen. So 14. you're a little. You're probably going to be grabbing Stafford or Ryan ahead of him, with no problem. Yeah. Um, but of course, somebody to keep. Um, you know, an eye on on the uh, waiver wire. Their defense is also pretty good. So I just don't see him having to do very much. Um, similarly, I think Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, and Joe Burrow basically further cementing themselves as as untouchable in the draft, undraftable, um, so few weapons for all of them. I mean, Joe Burrow has a lot of weapons, but terrible offensive line there. They all have just huge question marks, and, yeah, not going to be drafting those three for sure. Question mark squad. That is, that's the question mark squad. I, I you know, each of them are going to have great, uh, great weeks from time to time, but uh, very out on those. Tight ends, you know, not much movement. The the big thing was Kyle Pitts going to the Falcons at the fourth overall pick. Highest tight end ever drafted. Um, considering that they have Hayden Hurst there, it was a little surprising. I guess as a Falcons fan, I was kind of hoping that they would move back a little bit and uh, secure another position. But he is he's going to be a long-term asset. He's going to be fantastic for the next Hopefully, you know, 10 years or so. Hayden Hurst could be gone as early as next year. So I didn't mind it very much. And I kept trying to look at the list of tight ends for a fantasy perspective and and try to be realistic. But he still came in as my tight end seven, which is right behind um, Noah Fant, right ahead. What's that? I'm sorry. Fantasy. Oh, we got there. Nicely done. Yeah, I see. I see a little bit more points from uh, from no fantasy and just being, you know, more assured in offense. Again, it takes a while to emerge typically as a tight end, especially when I mean, he's he's easily the third target behind Julio and Calvin. He might even be the fourth if Mike Davis can can show something. He might even be the fifth if Hayden Hurst um, makes it on the field more often, which I would not be shocked if that happened, but, you know, ahead of players like Irv Smith, Jared Cook, Gronkowski, those players, um, just because of the potential upside. If I do end up drafting Kyle Pitts, I'll absolutely be drafting a like last round tight end just to kind of save my butt, like somebody like Tyler Higby, who I think is kind of overlooked at this point, but has had huge flashes. And we know that Matthew Stafford loves the tight end. So Higby could be a surprise, but I'm just going to draft a second tight end, which I, I don't really want to do, but with Pitts having such huge upside, I don't really mind taking that little lottery ticket. Going to be very exciting to see where he goes in the draft. How are you feeling about him? Um, I've got him one pick ahead of you. I've got Fant behind him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I get it with Drew Locke being the quarterback. It's it's not exciting. Um, who was the, the – um, Wide receiver two on the Broncos, the rookie last year. Uh, Not Ruggs, but dang it. Jerry Judy. So, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy may emerge as a better player than he showed last year. So maybe Noah Fant's kind of the third target on a team that doesn't throw a lot. I could absolutely see it. Definitely more upside with, uh, with Pitts, but. mm. So we're both pretty excited. I mean, that's, 
that's pretty surprising to get a rookie tight end to be a very viable fantasy option. So that was cool. Um, a loser for me, which nothing really happened, but it's Dallas Goddard for me. I'm just, just combing through my rankings and just continually dropping him and dropping him. I thought Zach Hertz was, was going to be gone by now for sure. He's still there. Now they draft Devonta Smith. Um, there's so few targets coming from Jalen Hurts already that, man, I, I could see him just being like a three or four target guy each game, which is maybe putting up bagels on the regular. So Dallas Goddard goes from a decent tight end one to undraftable for me. Um, yeah, so huge, I, huge I, don't, I don't want Dallas Goddard at all. Yep. I think he's dead for now. Um, maybe if Zach Ertz moves during the rest of the offseason, but um, that's a bummer. And then I've just got some other random players that we really didn't talk about specifically. Um, let's give credit to where it's due. The 101, Trevor Lawrence going to the Jags. Everybody knew it was happening, but now that it's official, um, how do you see it playing out, man? Are you excited by that offense with uh, DJ Chark? Or, or, I mean, is does Trevor Lawrence push for a like a um, waiver wire kind of spot start? Do you think he'll be that good? Or how do you see that team, the offense, doing? I don't know, man. There's definitely a chance that it's that it's an amazing offense, but. I don't know what that chance is. Yeah, I really haven't done any homework on whether their offensive scheme looks to utilize his rushing ability. I mean, I mentioned he could easily vulture goal line work, but if, he, if he's an active runner, that could be very enticing. It could be a very surprisingly enticing um, uh, offense to uh, a quarterback to be a part of. Um, you know, DJ Chark, most people are projecting him to retain the role, the, the wide receiver one role on the team, but it's such a mess, man. I mean, I think in a previous pod, you had kind of mentioned that you're, you're fine taking a lottery ticket on, on any, or I guess more on DJ Chark. Are you still feeling that way? Yeah. I don't mind it. I mean, again, we're talking if you are a wide receiver one on a team, there's probably going to be some good value there, but uh, should be really exciting. Um, should be exciting to see if he can pull a Justin Herbert and just have an exceptional rookie year or if he's going to kind of flame out. We'll see. Um, Trey Lance going to the 49ers. The 49ers made all of those picks to trade up for him at the three spot. And, I mean, that, that offense can be very potent. Trey Lance could be a solid running quarterback as well. Jimmy Garoppolo is he's still got, on. He's got a lot of weapons. Oh, man, the weapons are great. I mean, Debo got hurt, but with Ayuk and Kittle and then pass catchers out of the backfield, yeah, he can absolutely do some short game um, damage. But Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team, um, unclear whether he's going to start or not. Did this – Did this? It, it didn't change my actual ranking of Kittle. I still have Kittle as the third spot, but – but I think it, it put Waller like a clear spot ahead and, and it made Mark Andrews just a little bit closer. I mean, I, I would still want Kittle 
well ahead of Andrews, but um, I don't know. It scares me a little bit for Kittle to, to have to bring on a, a rookie quarterback, at least at some point in the year. Or do you get scared at all about that or are you good with it? I'm good with it. I think. And you, you, in our drafts, you, you typically have gone for a, a somewhat higher end um, tight end. Like you've gone for Waller, I think in a, a draft or two. So do you, do you not mind, like, do you mind spending draft capital on tight end? Do you usually wait like quarterback or how do you play that position? I just try to think of a tight end as a wide receiver. And if yeah. you can think of them as one, like by how many targets they get every game, then I just don't see what the difference is between a tight end and a wide receiver at that point. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't mind that philosophy at all. Yeah. I, I have gravitated more towards a higher end um, tight end myself um, getting Mark Andrews last year, which he had huge upside. He had some dud games for sure, but, but um, I, I like grabbing a, a higher capital uh, tight end. Let's see some other players. We really talked to Mark Chase quite a bit. Um, I mean, we really talked more on Higgins in the Boyd side. Do you think there's, I mean, there's always a chance, but are you projecting that Jamar Chase is actually any fantasy relevant this year, or are you going to give it a year or so? Um, I don't know. He could be. He's Things supposed to be the con contested catch master. So what we could end up seeing is like, like two really big pass catchers in T Higgins and Chase and little Tyler Boyd trailing behind it could happen i mean i've got i've got michael gallup right ahead of him so you know they both are almost in the exact same situation where they're looking to be the the wide receiver three on a, a high potent offense and so there's value there and they could even they could really be the wide receiver two on the team but i guess having seen gallup show before i'd be taking him ahead of him but He's like a late round ticket for me. Um, not really into Jamar Chase this year. Um, and, and they have to play against the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. I mean, just absolutely potent defenses. Yeah, I'm a little bit off. Uh, we talked Jalen Waddle a little bit more on the Devontae Parker side of things. Um, Jalen Waddle not feeling really in fantasy this year. Tua, is Tua kind of maybe a bit of a sleeper uh, quarterback? I mean, I've got him at QB 25, so I, I clearly don't like him. But and I be. guess, it's, I mean, he really could be. that He doesn't, he didn't really run very much at all last year, which was a little surprising. And again, we kind of hope that he, the, the coaching staff and the offensive scheme allows him to open up a little bit this year so the player is certainly not to write off but the defense is just so strong that i'm going to lean more on the um miles gaskin side of that offense than the pass catching a couple of wide receivers that also you know finished out the first round rashad bateman went to the ravens Ugh, that kind of sucks i mean it's it's nice for Lamar because it was really Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, and that was it. So to me, Lamar Jackson has really solidified himself as my QB two. The weapons, you know, are fleshed out at this point. He runs it so much, and the defense is strong, so they'll stay in games. 
really, really liking Lamar this year. Um, I don't think Rashad Bateman is, is anything fantasy relevant, but just helps the overall offense. I think just to have that, you know, not having everybody cue into um, Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. How, how early would you take Lamar? I would take Lamar in the back of the third round. That would be, that would be looking at, um, you know, players like uh, Chris Carson would be sitting there. You'd be, you'd be looking at probably, um, mm, I'm trying to think wide receivers. Adam Thielen might be around there. Deontay Johnson. I think, those you'd, kind be look, I think you'd be looking at better players than that. Back into the third, that'd be for 12 team, that'd be uh, around pick 36 or so. So you're talking about wide receiver 14 or so, if there's about 20 running backs, 14 wide receivers, something like that. So maybe you're more talking Mike Evans from our rankings, Michael Thomas. Um yeah, I mean, I, I would be picking Lamar Jackson over those players. If it's more players like Allen Robinson, um, Scary Terry, I would do definitely pick, be. Do you pick him over Amari Cooper? I don't think so. I'm pretty excited by Amari, especially as my, well, if I go running back, running back, having a Cooper as my one. Yeah, I guess if I get to the third round and I've gone running back, running back, I do start to get a little scared on my wide receiver side of things. I mean, there's typically depth at wide receiver, but when you start looking into the the 30s or so, if you're doing a fourth round wide receiver, you're kind of looking at like Robert Woods being your one, um, you know, DJ Moore, not too excited to have those guys as my one. So. yeah, I, I would probably look to uh, hopefully have him as like a, you know, last pick of the third round so that you can swing quickly to to secure a wide receiver that's on the board. It's, it's going to really come down to that. Like if there's four wide receivers somehow on the board where I'm decent with any of them being my one and I can swing, then I'll, then I'll go for it. Otherwise, I'll pass and go for, um, you know, somebody like we talked about Justin Herbert or whatever. I'm really not as much against the the high capital QBs. Like I drafted Kyler Murray last year. I want to say in the back end of the fourth round, and he was just a monster. I mean, he, he really won me so many games and took me to the playoffs. He didn't win me the, the championship. Unfortunately, he kind of fell off a little bit at the end of the year, but I, I don't mind hitting on a higher capital, uh, especially a rushing quarterback. I really want to, I mean, I know that there is big value, but another thing with drafting the, um, the back end QBs is, is you're really having to pay a lot of attention in my opinion to matchups like Stafford. Um, You're in my opinion, you're really wanting to be watching his health with his back. You're going to be watching if he, if he clicks with the offense to start and, road games, et cetera, new division, not understanding dynamics of defenses. It's just, it's a lot harder to, for me to 
want to weather those waiver wire storms. Um, if you're drafting in a league that does fab, maybe it's a little easier because you don't have to be scared of burning priority. You can just drop a $2 bid on whatever quarterback is flashing. So I don't mind in that case, but if you're on a waiver priority, it just sucks, man. When you're sitting at the one and, and you've got Stafford, but you want to pick up, I don't know, uh, Joe Burrow is actually flashing a lot or Daniel Jones is showing that he's settled in. Um, you don't want to burn your priority on that. So now you're, you know, waking up on Tuesday morning or whatever, um, you know, 8 a.m. trying to get your pick in. It just it just sucks. So I, I like to be more secure with a, a strong QB. If I obviously if you miss like if you pick Lamar Jackson last year, it hurt. It hurt real bad. But I mean, he was like, what? God, was he like a mid-second rounder last year? Um, so he, de- he definitely was. Yeah, so so tempered expectations. He might not make it to me at the back end of the third. Um, the two leagues that I really play in, um, people go in on quarterbacks relatively strongly. It's, it's not all like waiting till the fifth round till the first quarterback goes off the board. So um, you do have to sometimes draft, uh, spend capital, and sometimes it burns you pretty hard. God, I couldn't imagine giving up a second rounder for for quarterback, but back into the third, I guess I start to become decent. But then you look at players that I know that both of us are excited about, like Dak Prescott. Like, would you spend a back into the third on Lamar when you could spend? I mean, what's Dak going to cost you? Back into the fifth, something like that. You can jump two rounds to get some player who might actually just be better. <sighs> it is tough. Um. So we talked Rashad Bateman and we talked a little bit of Kadarius Tony, uh, the Giants first rounder wide receiver. I think it just kind of helps Daniel Jones a little bit. Um, I mean, one thing with Daniel Jones is they do get to play the Cowboys and the Eagles quite a bit during the year. And both of those defenses are dreadful. So maybe Daniel Jones is a little bit more of a surprise than, uh, than we're giving him credit for. Certainly not somebody I'm drafting, but with Saquon Barkley catching balls in the backfield, bad defense. Could be pretty cool. Those are the kind of the players that I had teased out for my stuff. Did, did any other players kind of flash to you when you were working through re-rankings? Not, not even just from the draft, but just maybe things that you've been reconsidering over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, the only players that really changed were, like you were saying, some of the ones that we kind of talked out last week mm-hmm. and I uh, just realized how far I was off on them, like Clyde. Um, I think Hollywood Brown, I've tempered my expectations expectations a little bit. I had him up kind of closer to Robert Woods in the kind of 17, 18 range. And I've dropped him a little bit just just because of adding the new wide receiver and and really just me realizing how few targets Lamar actually sent his way. Um, He moves more back into the CeeDee Lamb, DJ Moore territory for me. Um, Cooper Cup territory. So he's moved uh, back. I moved, I moved CD Lamb up this week. I moved Man. him up to 18. I, I remember two weeks ago, um, God, I had CD Lamb in the 30s or so, and you've you really moved my needle on him. And I, I talked to some cowboy fans at the wedding, and they're like, Yeah, he's the clear two, and and I would, you know, ahead of Gallup, and would not be surprised to see big flashes from him. 
So he didn't crack my top 20 like he did for you, man. 18. That that is strong for CD Lamb. That's that's ahead of, you know, I'm trying to look at play like DJ Moore. You would take uh CD over. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess when I'm looking really at the players ahead, um, nobody that I would just scream that has to be ahead of him. Um, but I would take DJ Moore ahead. You really do not like Brandon Ayuk. We haven't talked Brandon Ayuk. You're right, man. I mean, so uh, one thing is I think they're they're a run-first team. We don't know the health of Debo Samuel, and now we have a rookie quarterback. So there's just a lot of things that add up to me just being like, hey, I'm, I'm okay missing out on that boat. Um, where I'm trying to find where you have Ayuk right now. Okay, I have him 10 picks ahead of you. And you've got, I mean, you got Debo Samuel as a top 24 wide receiver. And, and I'm just I'm right after him. Man, that that is spicy. I I just think there's there's just a lot of strong question marks with health, with are the targets going to go downfield at all? Who's the quarterback play? Is the defense exceptional as it's been the past three years? Um, do they lean on their insane running scheme more? I know that Ayuk and Debo are both so gadgety and skillful, but I'm just scared by the the wider than I mean the new quarterback. You have to imagine that he's going to start. They they spent so much on him that they have to be trying to trade Garoppolo away and start him at least by week three or four. Um, and that scares me. It scares me a little bit, but I I like Trey Lance. Honestly, I haven't studied enough. I should maybe study more. Um, I thought he kind of didn't he project more as like a dual threat and not yeah. just pure he passer. Did. So, I mean, I, I thought Watch from what I on him, he looks he looks good, but he played yeah. against teams that were horrible. So. I had just heard that he was kind of the most project um, player. You know, the most has to develop his his arm and his is reading through um, targets and whatnot. So I, I will try yeah. to do a little bit more homework that way. But if I were to go in on either of the wide receivers, it would be with the intention that that Jimmy Garoppolo starts at least the first six games and, and, and can prove that. Um, otherwise, you know, if we obviously if we see Jimmy G traded, and if we see in the preseason they're splitting work and it's kind of 50-50 who's even going to start the season, yeah, I'm just going to be totally out on both those wide receivers. I feel that. Um, I was trying to look. You know, another thing that I kind of did, if we have time at the moment, is is I've been listening to the fantasy footballers pre rankings, and they don't have them up on their website, but I did jot them down from the pod. And a couple of players that just jumped way out to me that I think we totally disagree with them on. Man, and this was pre-draft, so things may have changed. But, dude, they had Michael Thomas as their wide receiver seven. We've got him at 15 and 14, respectively. I mean, I was blown away at wide receiver seven. I just don't see it, man. I mean, even if – and they said – I think it was was Jason who said that he doesn't care if it's – if it's a uh, fucking hell, <laughs> what are Taysom Hill or genius? Like he doesn't care. It's going to be, he's a wide receiver one, 
a strong wide receiver one, regardless, man, I don't, I just don't buy it. I, I don't know. I mean, I would pick so many players ahead of Michael Thomas. Yeah. I'm not sure about it. That seemed wild to me. And on the reverse side, Keenan Allen as the wide receiver 11, we both have him as our wide receiver four. I think you and I are going to have a lot of uh, pieces of Keenan Allen this year. Yeah. He's a target monster. On a team that just bolstered their offensive line so strong, they don't have like a huge, you know, Eckler is their running back. He's not a command the ball on the ground player. There's going to be so much play action pass. I, d- I just don't get it, man. Wide receiver 11? Come on now. I mean, I know the touchdowns, he- he's maxed out at eight, but I could see that easily going up. And I think uh, I want to say Jason said, you know, he likes the defense being stronger, but. I guess I just don't really care, man. That that offense is going to be high octane, and Keen Allen is the clear one. Man, yeah, we're going to get a lot of him this year. Um, other players that were kind of surprising, they've got Saquon as their RB five. We have him at nine and ten, so we're not going to touch him if he if he revolves more at, at RB five. I just think with injury history, I mean, I, I get the. I get the PPR upside for sure. He could catch 60, 70 balls, which is, which would be nuts. But man, those knees are, they have to be damaged by this point, man. I mean, even a beast like him has to, has to have that wear on their body felt. I'm just a little bit more nervous than RB five. Yeah. They've got um, McLaurin a few picks behind us. Do they? What do they have McLaurin at? They got a 13. I have them 11 and 9. So we would draft him ahead of – we'd draft him as a 1. They have him as a high 2. Yeah, that, that is a little separation there. Um, QBs, anybody that's kind of – no, I mean, our, we're almost entirely in line on the QB front. And tight ends, basically the exact same. Um, so – yeah, I uh, I think those were some pretty surprises, Michael Thomas and uh, and Saquon. They've got Kia Makers at ten. We have them at twelve and thirteen. So we're a little a little bit more um, less bullish on Kia Makers. Yeah. And they've all they only revealed their top twenty of each position or so. So some of those more contentious flex options where you see a lot of movement. Um, we'll play it when they release. I, I think they're just one of the most looked for at the, you know, in the fantasy space right now. And so their rankings, I think, actually have momentum to sway ADP. So I like to kind of just see where they're at on players and try to not use them as ADP, but certainly be like, oh, is Michael Thomas going to be a second rounder this year? Uh, I mean, that would that would be untouchable for me or maybe even Really, as a third rounder, I probably wouldn't even touch him. So, yeah, I I brought um I also brought DeAndre Swift way up. Yeah, we talked a little too much shit, didn't we? We we talked a little too much shit. The more the more you look at his PPR upside, yeah, I mean they have they had him at RB twenty. We've got him at sixteen, and you've got him at fourteen now. So yeah, we you're right. We we may have gotten a maybe a little bit too confident on our shit talking. He's, he's the one there. He's the team there. He's going to be kept, kept catching a lot of passes. So I feel that. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, stay tuned. Things will be uh, adjusting as the pre, you know, uh, 
offseason continues and the preseason, it's a, it's a long ways away. Really, there might not be uh, too much fantasy goodness for some time, but man, it felt so good to have the draft and for things to shake up as much as they did. It was really fun. Yep, it feels like it's going to be tomorrow, but it's not going to be. No, we'll have to we'll have to really settle into some movies. Um, it was fun for my brother and I to talk about Watchmen, the graphic novel. So maybe we'll do a couple more things like that. Maybe we'll have some guest stars from our friends uh, to do some side pods and whatnot. But um, if there's anything real breaking from a trade perspective, maybe we'll we'll talk some news, of course. But uh, it's fun. One thing that I did try to do this is the first time that I've tried it. I mean, obviously, doing our rankings was the first time to, for us to do that as well. But I didn't want to actually do the tier as well, tiering players, because the footballers have just been talking so much about how tier-based drafting is so much more powerful than just straight-up rankings drafting. So I tried to draw players into different tiers, um, and it was kind of surprising to me, like, where I drew the cutoffs. So um, if you if you have any interest in doing that, maybe – Maybe that would be interesting to see as well, not just our uh, ADP differences, but if we see players, you know, belonging to tier two versus tier three, that could be kind of cool. I'll do that. Um, There's several websites that allow you to make um, tier lists. I'll make one. Okay. And I might also do that thing that you had mentioned doing at the start was draft or just combining all players into a just massive um, flex ranking, uh, super flex ranking. So I might try that as well. That will be incredibly challenging, but uh, it'd be cool to kind of see, start seeing where I think ADP should fall. Yeah, it's tough. Well, man, it was fun. Any, uh, any final thoughts? Not really. It was good to get into this whole draft thing. It was. Maybe we'll talk off pod about something to watch or uh, peruse this weekend to talk next week. Sounds good. I'll All talk right, to you next then. week. Bye.